Welcome to the Eclectic Collection. Episode 18 today, the Sandbar Extravaganza. Gotta love it. Okay, so I'm obsessed with Brigantine. Get over it. I'm sorry. It's the beginning of summer and I'm just going to be talking about my favorite island in the world. It's nostalgia. And quite frankly, it's been quite a long year. As a matter of fact, I think it's been two years packed in one if I am actually doing the math correctly. So... There is my beloved island, and we used to go all the time, every weekend, down to the shore, if you will, because that's what we say in Delco, the shore. It's not the beach. And uh, I was five, so this is a while ago. We're talking like, ooh, maybe mm, 1979. And my sister took her blue Mercury Bobcat down the shore as well as my mom and dad had the car and we had an old Pontiac and my dad had a truck at the time and uh, she had brought her car down because there was a lot of people there that weekend. I'd like to point out that this Bobcat started out white and then my brother painted it. It was like his car, then he gave it to her. He bought a Bronco, lots of cars. He used to work for Ford Lincoln Mercury and um, we always had, we're Ford people, so we always had Ford Lincoln Mercury's. I digress. Anyhow, we had this great little Bobcat and it was just like a random afternoon and we had come back to the beach and um, we were waiting to go to the infamous Brigantine Castle that night. I'm sure my parents were headed to Harris and um, might have actually been right before Harris. They were probably still going to Caesars at the time or resorts with my uncle. And she said, let's go take a drive on the island. Well, the island's seven miles long, so that drive is never going to be that that particularly long. So I said, okay, you know, so I went with her. It was like four o'clock-ish, like late afternoon. And at the end of the island, there's a golf course. And you could see the bay. And at the time, there was this very big open sand lot where you could see the water pretty easily and the jetty without having to walk down on the rocks. So she pulled in there and we were looking at the water and just kind of chilling out for half an hour or so. No big deal. And it was sand to gravel, but sand really just lots of it and now that's all since been construction beyond and there's all these obnoxious high-rise things or want to be two three-story bits of condo instead of the quaint little houses that belong there but again I digress don't get me started so we're looking at the water and I had um, come back from the beach with them earlier and it was just my sister and myself and yeah, you know, she's like, okay, you want to go? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, maybe we'll go get Dairy Queen because at the time there was a Dairy Queen, which has turned into a Richmond's on the island. And uh, I said, oh, okay, you know, that's cool. Never had to convince a little kid to get ice cream twice. So she's like, yeah, we'll drive around the other part and we'll go there because we had a couple hours to kill and we, it was summer and we weren't in a rush. We're going to get back in the car. You know, car was good, solid, starts up, no problem. She goes to pull forward puts car in park uh, in drive and she's not going anywhere <laughs> you hear this terrible vroom, vroom noise <laughs> i'm thinking uh-oh she's like uh i think we're stuck i said stuck we're on flat sand what do you mean she's like i, I think we're stuck it was particularly hot that day but it was sand it wasn't quicksand that i knew of so what's going on so she's like all right let me let me turn the car off get out of the car so she turns the car off we get out of the car and we walk around the back and the front tires were okay but the back two tires although we didn't really have anything in the car at all uh just us and we were in the front the back two tires were definitely lower and a bit sunk into 
what became a divot that I guess was a soft spot in the sand. I was like, uh-oh, what are we going to do? Now, you have to understand, from a five-year-old perspective, I really believed that this was going to be my new residence forever and flash forward to some scene in the Sahara Desert where you walk for years and get nowhere and die of, you know, exposure to the elements and dehydration. Like, I'm five, so what do I know? I feel like seven miles might as well be a thousand and I'm never going to get back to the house or see my family again. And my sister and I are doomed on this little sandbar. <laughs> but in reality, she was uh, more together than I was because she was a teenager at the time. Um, so she's like trying to trying to push the car a little bit. And she's like, here, come help me, come help me. And we're trying to push the car. She's like, all right, wait, I'm going to put the car in neutral. And uh, I just knew that was the big N. And she's like, I'm going to try and push it. I said, okay. So we put the car in neutral and we tried to push it and it was just sinking deeper um, into this little divot that has now created into a gully. And I'm looking around thinking, hmm, okay, bay to the left, golf course to the right, and here I am stuck in the middle with you. Like can't get out, can't do anything. And it's just getting worse. And uh, she needed to be able to start to try and, and drive it but while pushing it because, but I'm five and she's the driver. So of course she does what any smart teenager would do. She's like, all right, get in the seat. Uh, she starts the car for me and then tells me to hold the, the brake and then try to hit the gas and she'll push. Probably the dumbest idea, but yet, yeah, no, the yeah, smartest idea at the time. It was the best bad idea we had. Let's put it that way. So I barely reached the pedals, of course, and I'm afraid I'm going to either not do it strong enough or go flying and, you know, kick up sand in her face and I'll like crash into something and she's going to like flop on, into the hole. It's a bad scene. So it doesn't work. Needless to say, it's just kicking up sand and it's getting worse and worse and the divot's getting bigger and bigger. And now this is huge gully. So she's like, okay, okay, stop. So she comes back to the car and you know, I put it in park and I get out and she tries again and tells me to push and no, no, it's not working. So she's like, we're going to have to dig out. What do we have? So she goes to her trunk. There's like a blanket, a beach chair, a beach ball, and a crowbar. Because back then they actually gave you real tires instead of donuts. And that was it. And she's kind of chunking at it with the crowbar. But it's a long, thin rod. It's not a shovel. It's not going to do anything. So uh, I said, wait, I have my bucket and my, my shovel from uh, the beach. <laughs> So I go in the back, like I'm being helpful, open the back door, and here's this little, actually it was a two-door, more to think about it, there's this little, I'm confusing that with her links, which was a, a different story for another day. I have this little dollar store, like surf shop, Joe Seaside Market, sundries kind of a plastic, colorful bucket and shovel that's a joke and holds maybe uh, 10 ounces of sand, and I'm like, you know, me to the rescue. So I bring it in the back and, hey, we're desperate. She starts using the little plastic shovel to try and dig out. And I'm using the bucket upside down trying to pull out sand. And we keep trying and trying. This goes on for the better part of what seemed like a year, but I'm pretty sure it was actually only about an hour. And um, luckily, after much defeat, this nice guy comes by with his son. It was like a dad and his kid that were going to, I think go out on the jetty or launch a boat nearby or something and pulled over, I think to see where the 
launch pad was and just happened to fall upon us. And uh, he's like, you okay? And that was, of course, in the 70s when you could talk to strangers and no one got killed and it was totally fine. And everybody actually trusted people and there weren't psychopaths aplenty like there are now. And uh, she said, no, we're stuck. I can't get get the car out and all we've got is this. And we're laughing because the guy immediately cracked up with the little plastic shovel and bucket, which was just priceless to this day. We joke about it. It's become one of our things that we say to each other when we're in a desperate situation. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you always got the plastic shovel and bucket we could whip out. <laughs> so they were super kind. Asked my sister to get in the car. I stood out and waited. Uh, she turned the car on and they, of course, pushed while she, uh, you know, accelerated the car. And it, and it came right out with two full adults, you know, being able to get it out of there. And, and it popped out of the, uh, the little sand gully and she got safely to the edge where gravel was and got out and thanked them. And I was able to get in the car and we were able to drive away. And the funny thing is we weren't gone that long because we were going to go quote unquote, take a drive. And again, nobody really knew in the fam what had happened. Uh, And I don't believe we disclosed because I don't think she really wanted to hear about it from my dad or my brother being like, Oh, you know, I can't believe you did that. Well, of course it's sand. Like, like they knew they didn't know. You don't know if you're going to get stuck in the sand. It's one of those ridiculous things that parents say, my mom's notorious for this. Well, you know, if you weren't on that road, you wouldn't have been in the accident. Um, no mom, actually, um, things just happen. It's called fate. And, uh, you don't really know what happened was what was supposed to happen and is what's happening. So just deal with it. Cause it is what it is. Anyhow, it was uh, all's well that ends well, but we never told that story. I mean, we did to each other and lots of other people, just not our family. So the more I think about it, yeah, family, if you're listening, we were stuck, but we're good. And you know that because we came home. So if you find yourself in a desperate situation, you can always dig out. Just hope for nice strangers that come by. Actually, you never know when you're going to get help, actually. Um, it's just one of those things you would be surprised. I think that when you least expect it, expect it in both a good and bad way. Sometimes when you don't think you're going to have help, it just appears in the most angelic of ways or the best scenario you could possibly think of. And sometimes when you think everything's smooth sailing, it completely backfires. (laughs) So we went out for an innocent drive, massive backfire, end up in a very sticky situation, or in this case, sandy situation, and our wonderful little sandbar uh, look at the water turned into a nightmare. But it's okay because then we got help and all's well that ends well. So it was a good day when all was accounted for. If you like today's story, check us out at eclecticcollectionpodcast.com or follow us on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.